Uh, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. It is the PFI College Football Show. Michael McQuaid joined by Dara Carter, Connell Diggan, and Michael Lavery from Armagh, Tyrone to Kerry and abroad. Uh, there's a lot in Derby on this podcast. Thanks to everyone that's listening so far to the podcast. And you know, we're just using this month of April to build up to the NFL draft. On today's podcast, we're going to have a brief discussion about the interior defensive line. Onto the defense already, Dara, can you believe it? Uh, First guy we're going to talk about is Jalen Carter. Now, we, we talked about a few Georgia Bulldogs players already. Um, this guy is pretty good to the point where he was literally compared to Warren Sapp, you know, in terms of his uh, progression in college football and, and also in high in high school also. He is, if not one of the best, he's certainly up there in terms of this class of players in, in, in this draft. His strength is ridiculous. He's His athleticism, I mean, I would say to anybody, folks, go and watch some Jalen Carter tape. Unbelievable. The, the big question I have for you, though, Dara, is for anybody watching this um, or listening to this podcast is how far is this guy with this high ceiling and sheer raw athleticism going to go in the draft? How high? You know, when it's difficult to know. Obviously, there's there's a lot of surrounding factors that we really aren't aware of at the minute with with Carter. But in terms of on the field, I mean, he sticks up with just about any other um like blue chip prospect that we've seen in the last uh decade. Really, I mean, uh, you you think of those top guys, Cloudy, Miles Garrett, uh, Nick Bosa. You know. Uh, obviously those were edge defenders, but in terms of the caliber of player, Quinn Williams is, is an example for defensive tackle. I mean, like there's barely a hole in his entire game. He's just a freak athlete with, and he knows exactly how to use his, he knows exactly how to use his hands and his, his feet coordination anchor is all absolutely terrific. Um, I think, you know, last year Georgia had an awful lot of players drafted defensively and anytime you were watching them I, I remember I used to watch them with no particular player in mind I would just see who sticks out on any given play and more often than not it was actually Carter and I was saying god I just can't wait for next year's draft so I can go back and watch him again he's just such an unbelievable talent uh, absolutely and Connell you know day one starter in this league the question I'll ask you is is this guy going to be a pro bowler within two years uh, the question is, is he going to be a pro bowler within one year, realistically, with how good he is? Like, I was I, trying to be prudent, but yes, I agree. Like, one year. Like, yeah. that that's how good he is. And, you know, obviously, like, we're probably going to get onto it maybe with Michael next. Uh, the off-field whole issue that happened earlier, uh, just before the thing, but just before the combine. But, uh, you know, I think, like, he's so good. And, like, I was looking through things just people talking about and people were talking about him and like Dara said he stuck out last year and people had him like people were saying he's better than Trayvon Walker and Trayvon Walker went first overall last year and he's better than Jordan Davis who's everyone's kind of favorite combine guy last year with how big and fast he was and like it's just like he's so good he can play across the whole um defensive line like he has basically everything you want from a defensive lineman he can do everything you want a defensive lineman to do it's just whether a team wants to take I, I wouldn't even call it a risk but just wants to to play it safe and not pick him because of the off-field issues that's really the only question to be honest with him absolutely in terms of the off-field issues um he obviously is projected extremely high he was charged with reckless driving um, and racing in conjunction with uh, the crash that killed 
Devin Willock, who was a line, offensive lineman, and also a staff member who was a part of the recruitment team. Michael, uh, just going what these boys have said, obviously serious talent on the field, but and again, like that's I'm merely reading this off. We have no inclination of any legal issues there. It's just we're just reading what we've seen. Um, you would uh sort of be intrigued to see what teams are going to do here and how high or high, how low he might go because of this. He uh, handed himself in, uh, or he was charged at the start of March this year in 2023. Yeah, listen, on the field, it's a no-brainer. You'd, you'd, you'd want this guy on your team. Uh, he's just a, a game wrecker. Um, but it, it comes in with the obvious PR battle and... Uh, the, the teams want that image of taking on a guy like this onto their team. And again, it just comes down to each team's personal preference. The the, the play on the field can't be denied. I mean, he's just an absolute unit of a man. i actually seen one report describing his hands like battering rams, and I think that's just an excellent description. He's just so disruptive, uh, and he, he can take the game into his own hands whenever he needs to. Um, but yeah, it, it, it becomes then... Uh, sort of a balancing act. Yes, you want to improve your team, but you want to keep people on side by, by sort of doing the right thing and the moral thing. And we've, we've seen it before with players on draft day. But like we've spoken on one of the other shows about Laramie Tunsil and how he just sort of slid down uh, on off-field issues. And it's happened loads before with loads of other players. You know, this, this isn't a new thing. But, uh, you know, the, the on-field product can't be denied. Absolutely, and the next uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is Kalia Kansi Pitt. Um, this is I, I'm I'm really intrigued to hear what you're going to say about the star, but obviously he's explosive. He shows very very good anticipation and can really uh, play as a gap penetrator in a run game. Uh, but in terms of the pass rush, he's got plenty of pass rush moves to work with. He uses the two hand swipe and also speed to power, and he's used plenty of different things to make him what would be one of the highest in his position in this draft. You can really win with him very quickly due to his, his athleticism and he's got a high ceiling. Um, you would argue, though, that for as athletic and as explosive as he is, um, you want to see a bit more strength there and you're going to hope this year and next year and, and the year forward that his strength will build up. So that could then improve his game overall. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he got through that a uh, couple of minutes talking about him there without bringing up the name Aaron Donald. Um, I think it's just that's what I was going to ask you. It's my bad. I remember reading <laughs> that PFF article. Is he the next Aaron Donald or not? Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald was really one of one and still is arguably the greatest defensive player that the sport has ever seen. Um, I mean, that's what. It, if you completely remove the fact that they both went to the same college, you would still draw the comparisons there in terms of the size. They're just like a just a compact ball of muscle really you know there's no wasted weight on the player it's just a it's it's like a raging ball running at you you know um he uh, obviously got that natural quickness due to being smaller than uh, the majority of defensive linemen and i think you know he's the sort of player you could be taking a risk on um you know if he is someone who really doesn't actually have the ability to hold up in the run game as much as we've seen in college, you know, just due to that lack of size against NFL caliber offensive linemen, you know, then you could really be in trouble and you could quickly find yourself having a weakness in your defense. So, I mean, there's sort of a boomer bust uh, element to his game there just due to the, he's not, he's not a conventionally sized defensive lineman, but still so much to like in terms of the power and the quickness. And I, I said, Connell, about, trying to improve that strength overall. He also does 
not have you know serious arm life which could be an issue in trying to get through that line so I mean, he's he's not going to get to the point now where he can drink a bit of protein milk and 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 improve that. So there are some negatives. The, yeah, I mean, I struggle to see a lot of like negatives with him. Like it, literally, any negative you have with him, it's either he is like a little bit too small than like a prototypical like interior defensive lineman type guy like it's literally just it's kind of just a size thing I don't think there's any real problems with kind of technique or play like that's all that is perfectly fine he has a great motor he really does like the 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 he won ACC defensive player of the year which is you know not not to be taken lightly in kind of one of the top five conferences in in college football and it's just you look at him and I know we talk every time like it just seems like if there's a guy who has a little bit of a knock, it's like, well, he has the athletic ability to make up for it. He has the athletic ability to improve even more. But this guy is kind of, I'm not going to say the finished article, but let's say he's he's four four fifths of the way through the book, right? He's four fifths of the way through the book. All he needs to do is just add that final chapter, a little bit of extra strength. You know, I mean, Aaron Donald coming out, he was... He was kind of seen as like a little bit the same. He was seen as, you know, a, a bit more refined than Kalea Kansi, but it, it it is true. Like these two could be very similar. And I think teams with the success they've seen people like Aaron Donald have in the NFL are very interested to see what Kalea Kansi can do and would take a not a risk on him, but would take the shot at picking him up. Yeah, I'm just trying to get a protein milk sponsor here. Hi, hi, Avamore. How's the form? Next Avamore, year's draft. Yeah. Definitely try that. Uh, Michael, this guy done a 4.67 40 yard dash, says he'd openly, openly says he'd love to play for the Raiders, said would love to play beside Crosby. Could you imagine him and Crosby beside each other uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo on the, uh, as a quarterback for the Raiders? Um, maybe he might get his wish. <laughs> yeah, that would just be an absolute uh, wrecking ball of a defensive line there. I mean, this guy had 14 and a half sacks over his last two years. He did miss his last two games, though, with a shoulder injury. So then it goes back to the sort of the concerns of players coming in with the clean bill of health and whether or not that's going to be a niggling issue that, that'll plague him throughout his actual career. But aside from that, um, you know, his production to, to up until now has just been excellent. And if you strip back the injuries, uh, and sort of look at just his game on its own. It's just been fantastic. Absolutely, mate. Now, the next guy we're going to look at is Brian Bressy. I, I, I can't pronounce his last surname. Bressy, Dar, you, you can definitely correct me in a second. Um, really interesting prospect because I, for me, I think you're, I think we're going to hear his name called very early in this draft. I, I think we'll, I think we'll hear it on the Thursday night. His sheer athleticism is just unreal because his initial speed dart is up there with anybody in his position in this draft and um, but his intelligence for the game and his power and his length is just a real real strong spot for him and um, how high do you think he how high do you think he could go in this draft former Clemson product could he be reunited with a certain quarterback potentially yeah, he um he, he's a he's a really I mean just a ridiculously talented prospect in terms of his athletic athletically. Whenever you saw him on the field at Clemson, he stood out. He looked like a man among boys. Um, he was the number one overall recruit in his class uh, coming into college, and I would sort of uh, compare him in a way to Rashan Gary at Michigan, who, in the same fashion, you know, there was a massive 
uh, expectation on his shoulders. Even another player you could like that too is Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon was the exact same. Um, a massive, massive weight in the shoulders going in. Maybe didn't live up to being, you know, some kind of world beater. He wasn't ever like a, you know, a borderline Heisman contender level player in college. But he, uh, when he was on the field, he he looked very, very impressive overall. And I think, you know, when you're going to a, a team like uh, there's plenty of teams that could fit in this. You say he could reunite with someone like Trevor Lawrence, uh, uh, an old teammate of his in Jacksonville. There's plenty of needs for edge rusher late in the first round, and I think that's somewhere he could land on the Thursday night, as you said. Let's see what happens with that there. It, look, obviously, Connell, he's um, a guy where you would look, if he continues to be healthy, he's really got this high ceiling, not just in this draft, but in the next few seasons in, in this league. Yeah, like that. that is the question, if he stays healthy, because he does have, I think, the one injury that you look at in any athlete in any sport and it's like the three three dreaded letters the acl like he did have an acl injury two seasons ago now and he can't he managed to come back last year and you know still an elite level player because that's just how good brian brzee is like it's it's you know more than likely i think the injury issues probably push us him into more the middle to late first round uh in the draft but i think a lot of teams, one, are going to be happy that he he managed to produce in college when he did play. Two, that they're going to still, you know, he's raw enough that that because he hasn't played as much that they can mold him into something even greater than what he already is. So I think those two things really, really help his draft stock a lot. It hasn't been easy for him, Michael. Obviously, uh, as Connell said there, the SEL injury, his sister died of cancer uh, last year as well. He's, you know, really built back he was overweight last year didn't move as well as he would have 13 tackles two and a half sacks in the season but he's really come back into himself now and a young man has faced a lot of challenges and will be looking to you know face another challenge going into this league this season yeah listen this is just the next chapter in his story he'll be playing with a heavy heart um you mentioned there about his sister dying i think it was back in september or, or august time so you know, maybe he'll use that as a motivating factor and that'll, that'll carry him through. It's obviously such an awful thing to go through the injuries as well. Just another setback that it can't be easy, but for him to get to this point and now to be projected as a first-round pick um, shows he has great mental toughness uh, and a guy that'll definitely improve any team that he joins. And just, just a, a note on the pronunciation of his name. I'll just check it up here real quick. It's uh, Con- Connell actually had got it right. It's Brzee. Brazil is what we're going with apparently, and that's that's Brzee. according to the NFL Brazil according to the NFL website. So I think that's that's what way to stick with going forward anyway. Let's see what happens. Uh, last guy on our list for this position, folks, of interior defensive line is Mazzy Smith. I love the name Mazzy. Dar, I'm not gonna lie. From Michigan, so I mean, like I think I think a lot of us watch a lot of Michigan games. Uh, hoping to see Michigan play in Ireland at some point in the future. Please God, especially with Big Jim there as well, and. Um, Mazzy Smith, a really, really interesting talent, Dara, and a guy that has um, so much in terms of his, his ability with pass rushing. He's very, very good uh, as a run stopper as well, and his athleticism is up there with anybody that we've spoken to or spoken, spoken about so far in, in this podcast so far. Um, needs to improve certain things like conditioning, uh, needs to develop more as a pass rusher, but you know, serious, serious... Uh, prospect there and you would always you would always even say like god if, if he had another year in college 
he could just try and perfect that a bit. But no, he's going into the big time, and uh, there'll be many teams. I, I I could see Washington. I know I said about a different player on a different podcast there, but I could see Washington go after a guy like Mazzy Smith because he he would really fill a gap for them. Yeah, he's um yeah he was one of the players originally uh, at the start of the season. Bruce Feltman at the Athletic he releases his uh, freaks list every year. It's it's a really good indicator of you know your top guys coming into the draft. And Mazai Smith was actually ranked number one on that. It, it's it's essentially the best athletes in college football. He's got Bruce Feldman has sources all over, and he's able to narrow down to you know get his attention all the players who are just absolute freaks in in every aspect. It's a shame we didn't get to see him perform at the combine. I believe he probably would have been one of the biggest talking points if he did perform. Um, but. At the end of the day, look, he's he's already got the run defending ability. I think um, that's a great asset to have coming into the league, and not, teams not having to worry about your your early down performance. But as you said, definitely some refinement to be made as a pass rusher is, is his main focus going forward. Tunnel, um, there are some negatives, uh, obviously in terms of his play, but off field as well, he played guilty to a misdemeanor gun charge, which for us lads that may not have a clue but this is carrying a concealed weapon without a relevant license last December so there are some off-field issues as well which could maybe see him drop in the draft yeah I don't know what it is with like our you know half our defensive tackles apparently are are <laughs> have something uh, against the law but uh, look I think Mazzy Smith like in America like I don't want to generalize or anything about America but you know that if this happened in Ireland that would be taken a lot more seriously than I think it would be in America I think sometimes like players or people can just have a gun on them and then just be caught out one day like that's kind of that kind of does happen sometimes so I, I wouldn't be super worried about him I do think you know his athletic traits are I have down whatever is greater than elite strength right whatever I couldn't find any superlative to describe better than what he has because he did take part in one drill in the NFL combine and that was the bench press he put up 34 reps more than any other defensive lineman but most importantly he uh, is able to still get about to, I think it's like 25 reps when he goes up a hundred pounds. So he still has all this strength. Like he didn't just practice for the combine. He's able to do it with even more weight on the bar. So if he can just improve, as you said, like his conditioning, you know, if he can, you know, if teams aren't too worried about that, you know, gun charge or concealed weapon charge, uh, he will, he will probably go to the end of the first round. I do really like um, with some of the losses that the saints have had, I think he'd be a really, really good New Orleans Saint, especially I think, you know, Dennis Allen really loves his defensive lineman as well. Dennis Allen needs as many as he can get as well at the minute in terms of any sort of player. Um, I love the Saints. I love the Saints fans. Send hello to everyone there. Uh, just in terms of what Connell said, Michael, obviously like it could be a situation where if he does drop towards the bottom of that, of, of that round, it could be where he could be an option very early in day two, but <laughs> you couldn't see him going any further than that, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's more. He's looking more like at the minute uh, as a day two player to me. Um, the, the the thing that's been mentioned there a couple of times is his conditioning. He does sort of tire a bit quicker in sort of no huddle or, or the high tempo situations, which is maybe not the best thing, uh, you know, for a rookie coming into the NFL. But again, it's something that, that that can be trained out of him, and it's something that he he can work on personally to sort of get that that fitness level up and make sure he's up to the pro standard. But uh, Connell mentioned it as well there about his strength. That that's always an absolute bonus. 
at this position and uh, if teams are willing to take that chance on him uh, well not necessarily a chance to, to be sort of uh, you know projected this high it's not necessarily a risk but it's uh, whether or not teams are willing to put into work and if he's willing to put into work to, to get him to uh, an acceptable and fit enough standard to, to play consistently in those sort of high tempo situations Let's see what happens. That is our podcast for interior defensive linemen. Obviously, there are numerous players that we haven't spoke about. You can check that out online just from different outlets. Um, I would I would highly recommend my friend Oliver Hodgkinson over at Pro Football Network. Check out that as well. O Hodgkinson365, I think, is his Twitter account. Uh, we'll be back in the next few days with more as we look ahead to the NFL draft on the 27th of April on the Pro Football Ireland Podcast Network. Chat to you soon, folks. Long and fun.